1: I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
0: Thursday, June 15th, 2023. I'm John Saussier. The entire nation is paying attention to a case that started on the New York City subway. That's where Marine veteran Daniel Penny put a chokehold on a homeless man who was acting aggressively, and that man ultimately died. Penny is claiming self-defense, but now a grand jury has indicted him on second-degree manslaughter charges. The case raises many questions, including, do we have the right to protect ourselves in a dangerous situation?
1: It is shining a light, a much-needed light, on the right of self-defense when it occurs, how it should occur, and uh, in a way that should not scare people from saving themselves or others.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Prosecutors say Daniel Penny held Jordan Neely in a fatal chokehold while riding the New York City subway last month. In a series of videos released by his lawyers this week, Penny claims that Neely made verbal threats as soon as he got on the subway. I was listening to music at the time um, and he was yelling. So I took my headphones out to hear what he was yelling. And the three main threats that he repeated over and over was, I'm going to kill you. I'm prepared to go to jail for life and I'm willing to die. That clip released by the Communications Council Incorporated. Neely's family accused authorities of failing to help him receive the care that he needed and calling the city to pursue murder charges. Penny is now charged with second-degree manslaughter.
1: Nobody wants to be charged with jaywalking, let alone manslaughter. And we certainly don't want to be charged when we are doing what we think is our absolute right, and that is to defend ourselves and others.
0: We're speaking about it today with Jonas Spilboer, defense attorney and Fox News legal analyst.
1: It is a little bit scary, though, when your client is uh, charged with something like this, especially in this particular jurisdiction where it seems, uh, you know, it's New York City, very, very liberal. And that could matter. But I got to tell you something. This case is is very interesting and important because the outcome is going to transcend what happens to Daniel Penny. It's not just about whether he's going to spend his 40th birthday behind bars if he's found guilty. This case is going to affect every single New Yorker, possibly every single person in the nation. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, it is shining a light, a much needed light, On the right of self-defense when it occurs, how it should occur, and uh, in a way that should not scare people from saving themselves or others. But two, it is also shining a light on one of the reasons we're here, and that is because the quote-unquote victim in this case had untreated mental illness for an extended period of time, John. And the fact that Jordan Neely, was on the radar of New York City officials, that he was on this so-called watch list of the city's 50 most homeless at-risk people. And nobody did anything except what? What do you do with this list? You know, I was explaining uh, earlier on Fox, when when you have a criminal on a most wanted list, people go out and look for that person. The FBI searches, a uh, bounty hunter search, there's rewards that are that are issued for the capture. Why? Because those people are dangerous to society. In a case uh, like Jordan Neely's, where you have untreated mental illness, that person is also a danger to society and themselves, obviously. Yet what do we do with this list? Other than, you know, lining somebody's cat litter box with it, it doesn't seem to be useful. People just get added to the list. There's no prize, there's no treatment, there's no nothing. So that's another issue that this case is really going to illuminate moving forward and and that might be the silver lining of daniel penny getting indicted
0: now yeah, you make some great points there and it almost seems like this list is a political tool right if they're not doing anything with it but they have it and showing it off like hey we've come up with these people who are at risk top 50 homeless crazy people in new york but you're still not doing anything Again, it really just seems like a political piece rather than trying to protect the citizens of New York. Uh, Let's get back to this actual case here, John. Again, I love some of the points you made, and I want to pick through those. But I want to talk about Penny himself. His defense efforts so far have been interesting, and I thought one of the more interesting moves this week is that through his lawyers, they released a number of videos where he was speaking about why he believed he was in the right and all of this. He did not testify in front of the grand jury in his own defense. I don't know if that's normally a thing anyways for a defendant. But why do you think he released these videos to the public? Is he trying to sway public perception? Is there some other strategy why he would do this?
1: I look at it as he's trying to correct the record. Because as we know so far in the media, stuff gets leaked to the media, not even leaked. Stuff comes out in the media, rightfully so, when cases like this are at the forefront. And uh, Daniel Penny's camp decided that wait a minute, some of the information that's coming out publicly is simply wrong. And I'm glad that they took the time to make these kind of out of court statements by their client, because I'll tell you what. There's one thing that Daniel Penny said that uh, that made me say, Aha. That's good. And that is originally, as you know, in the media, everybody's still reporting it, that that Daniel Penny had Jordan Neely in a chokehold for, quote, 15 minutes. And from a legal perspective, when you're talking about whether or not someone's actions are reasonable uh, in the defense of justification, you have to look at that kind of thing. Is it reasonable to keep somebody in a chokehold for 15 minutes under these circumstances? Well, lo and behold, it wasn't 15 minutes. We heard from the horse's mouth that it was five minutes. That is a legally significant difference. And yet 15 minutes was the first thing that that hit the headlines when this case came out. So to have their client come out with some correcting the record, if you will, publicly, but not in court. Is a very smart move by this defense.
0: All right. I want to pick on another point that you made that I thought was a really good one here. The public perception, especially in New York, can he get a fair trial in New York? I think that a lot of the reason this was even brought to the grand jury, because after the incident happened, there were protests in parts of the city, many of which spilled onto the subway with protesters who were for Jordan Neely, the homeless man who got choked and died there. And do you think that swayed this grand jury? Like, would this case even be brought in front of them if it wasn't for some of the public outcry?
1: Definitely Alvin Bragg kowtowed to public pressure. And you knew there was going to be public pressure in a case like this. But Alvin Bragg could have. You know, he had an out. When he brought this case to the grand jury, he had an out because he could have presented whatever facts he thought were relevant enough and let the grand jury come back with a different Outcome. Let the let the grand jury come back and say, you know what, it wasn't manslaughter too. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe they could buy his self-defense even without Daniel Penny testifying. But sidebar, I think, if if the fact that they probably came back the way they did is I'm guessing Daniel Penny did not testify in front of the grand jury. He did not. Right. So, you know, without him testifying in a case that's going to involve self-defense, i.e. justification, it's really hard. To, to get a grand jury to do anything other than what it did.
0: So does that mean you think that uh, Daniel Penny will be better served during the actual trial if he goes and takes a stand in his self, his own self-defense?
1: Definitely, for two reasons. Number one, so far, this is another reason why it's good that he put out these video clips. He's probably going to make a good witness. I mean, so far, in what we've heard, his, uh, his demeanor, et cetera, He seems like he's going to be a good witness. Number two, you cannot present a self-defense defense, defense, a a justification defense without taking the stand. And number three, in a case of self-defense, it is the burden is on the prosecutor to prove that he's basically not entitled to the defense of justification as opposed to the defendant himself having to prove that he was entitled. It's a little bit of a legal nuance there. But I think under all of those circumstances, when the rubber meets the road at trial, which is really what counts, and Daniel Penny can tell his entire story, and all of the witnesses can tell their entire stories that will likely back them up, when all of that happens in front of a jury, even though it's going to be a Manhattan jury, I I feel good about his chances of, of being exonerated.
0: What are you really supposed to do when you're stuck in a subway car with a crazy person who says they're going to kill you? This dilemma was real life for Marine veteran Daniel Penny, who took action to stop Jordan Neely, who was threatening people on the subway. Unfortunately, Neely died, and now Penny is attempting to defend his actions. We're speaking with a defense lawyer and Fox News legal analyst, Jonna Spillboard today. She says this case is an important one because it shines a light on a person's ability to defend themselves and why that seems to be changing along with our society. A jury will next have to decide if Penny used excessive force or if he was just protecting his own and others' lives on that train. We've got more with Johnna coming up next. You mentioned those witnesses, some of which actually were involved in holding Jordan Neely down also. I mean, Penny wasn't the only one on this guy. He obviously had his arm around his neck, but there were other people on top of him. Do you think they might be in trouble? And if so, wouldn't that, I guess, discourage them from testifying?
1: I do believe Alvin Bragg's office have has identified who they are. And, you know, technically, could they be in some sort of legal trouble? Yes. But if they were to be charged with anything, and it, it, I'm sure it wouldn't be manslaughter. It could be something else. They would have to get lawyers and fashion a deal that would allow them to testify, hopefully, against Daniel Penny. And there are other people, I, and I think plenty of them, who are willing to come forward, who were not involved in the actual takedown, if you will, of uh, Jordan Neely, who would also be willing to say, look, I was on that car and I was scared. That's another thing that came out from the videos actually, is Daniel Penny said, look, this guy was saying three things to everyone. And the first thing that Daniel Penny said was, he said, I'm gonna kill you. Well, when somebody says they're going to kill you and they're acting erratically uh, and they're able-bodied, You can take them at their word and you can act accordingly under the law. That gives you a reasonable belief that you are about to be harmed and therefore you are allowed to react in self-defense.
0: What about a civil lawsuit after all this takes place? I know the family of Neely has been threatening that. They're lawyered up as well. Do you think uh, that could be a problem for Daniel Penny, even if he's clear to these manslaughter charges?
1: You know, that's so interesting. So, yes. I do think there will be civil lawsuits. I don't think Daniel Penny will be the only one named. You know, there could be some other maybe government officials. Because, look, Daniel Penny is probably not a deep pocket. But let me sidebar that for a second, too, because GoFundMe has been very lucrative. Yes. In his defense, people have been coming. Now, will that fund be utilized in his defense? You bet. ya. I mean, I know it's over. It's maybe one point three million. It could be more than that by now. This could be an expensive defense if they have to have a lot of uh, people on the ground looking for the witnesses. The one other thing that could get a little bit expensive is we have not yet seen the toxicology report. So uh, once that comes out, I imagine the defense camp is going to want their own experts to analyze it. What effect did that have on Jordan Neely's body? What effect or role did it play in his actual death? I mean, was that a contributory factor, that's going to be important, too. So to get back to your question, will he be sued civilly? Yes. Will he be the only one? Probably no. Will it matter if he is acquitted on these charges? Well, you know, the burden of proof in a civil action is lower than it is in a criminal case. So, you know, we'll have to see if a jury is going to buy a civil suit, whether they would find that there's a preponderance of evidence against Daniel Penny versus proof beyond a reasonable doubt.
0: So many interesting factors in this case, but also alarming factors, too. I think you made a great point when you say it may set a dangerous precedent for anyone else who wants to ride the subway, because anyone who has ridden the subway or lives in New York or takes it regularly knows that, it's not safe. It doesn't feel safe. Even the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, he said he didn't feel safe riding this subway. And I think uh, anyone who's ever ridden it can tell you some story about some crazy person who might have been threatening them or making them feel uncomfortable. And what scares me here is that if this guy Penny is convicted and has to go to jail for this and then is sued civilly and loses money because of it, that's going to set the precedent of, OK, if someone is threatening you on the subway, you just have to sit there and take it. Doesn't it feel that way?
1: it's not just the subway john and i'll tell you this i uh, i i'm a concealed carry permit holder i never ever want to have to use a firearm to defend myself i never want to be in that position i, I never want that to happen but if i am i want to be able to defend myself or third person's without fearing going to prison for any appreciable period of time. And that's what's so significant about this case. We can't have the ripple effect be that we have to kowtow to criminals and we have to kowtow to the mentally ill who are not getting treatment. We don't want that to happen. That's a dangerous precedent to set. That's why the silver lining in this indictment is there's a spotlight, that is going to be shown on this case. And with the right defense team, and he's got a good defense team, with the right defense team, he's got a good budget, he can really make a difference. Uh, th- this case can really make a difference to all New Yorkers and perhaps people throughout the nation if it's done right and that is my hope that is my hope because we're in a scary time right now a very scary time
0: absolutely jonah sport defense attorney fox news legal analyst great points today jonah as always we appreciate your time and thanks for being with us on the fox news rundown evening edition podcast thanks john